After using his power to send a fleet of Fire Nation ships to the Florida Sea, Aang meets an Earth Kingdom general who guilts him into helping by showing him soldiers with their Oregons hanging out, and says, We've had some near misses in this war, but with the power of the Avatar State, we'll never miss again. This was Nevada right way to do this, though, and this training causes nothing but misery, mainly for Katara. Roku steps in to help, and Aang says, Hey, you taught me a lot, but nothing about the Avatar state. And Roku says, I owe an explanation to you. Oh, hi, all of you listeners. Welcome to season two. everybody. At last, it is time to discuss episode 21, the first episode of season two of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Nick Montagani here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, welcome to season two. I'm here for the first part of the second, third you want to try that again? Nope. I mean, your your math might have been right, but it was I right. got a little I got a little lost in the sauce on Th- that. This one. is the first part of the second third. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for calling you out on that. <laughs> Do you want to describe like as we go through every episode here in season two, do we want to say like what fraction of the second third that we're in? No, I don't think it's as fun when it's not the first, second, third. First, second, third, you just said. Yeah. Oof. That's why what it was. Beautiful. That's why it's fun, right? What it's a beautiful sequence. Of now here with it. <laughs> Next week will be uh, two tenths or no, one tenth of the way done with the second third of <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, that is that is kind of fun, too, when we get into fractions. This math. <laughs> We've oft, oft stated on this show that we're not good at math, so nope. we really need to be careful when we start getting into this kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, we'll avoid it for now. Hey, Brendan, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. We're back. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's great to be back. You know, we've had a little time off, maybe a little bit more time off than we anticipated we with. I don't know. We've had some stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's summertime. The living is busy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of of shit going on. I went trick-or-treating this weekend. Would you believe that? Okay. So explain that. We're recording here in early August and you went trick or treating. I'd love to know what you have to say. Uh, It was, it was kind of fun. Um, Well, I didn't, I went with my nieces, so I brought them trick or treating. I didn't because I'm a 30 year old man. I did not go trick or treating myself. Oh, don't sell yourself short, you know, (laughs) 
Chase your bliss. Uh, we went up to our camp, uh, and they the campground was doing a Halloween weekend. Okay. So they had trick-or-treating in the campground, and we went around to all the different campsites, and they got a bunch of candy and would not stop eating it. Uh, what were we, what any special kind of candies we looking at like the typical Halloween trick or treat fair or, uh, yeah, pretty much uh, like tiny Reese's cups and things like okay. that. Okay. Nobody did like the giving out the balls of popcorn, which no. on paper looks okay. Cause it's big real estate, but then you actually eat it and you're like, well, this is just popcorn. This is just a ball of popcorn. Yeah. No, none of that. Uh, one person was giving out chewy bars, which I thought about. When they were handing them out, I was like, as a kid, I would probably be really disappointed. Uh, but as an adult now, if I was trick-or-treating and somebody gave me a Chewy bar, I think I'd be pretty fucking stoked about it. It's honestly not bad. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd be okay with I'm that. I'm like, hell yeah. I love Chewy bars. Yeah. For younger children, like, let's give them what they really want. Mm-hmm. But I guess I can't, you know... Give you too hard of give everyone too hard of a time for hosting this kind of event at this point of yeah. the year. I I am going to Disney World. Yes, of course I'm going to Disney World uh, in like early September, and they have Halloween parties that we are attending in mm-hmm. early September. So like I'm doing the same thing that you all just did. Yeah. What I think is weird is that this campground did Christmas. Uh, two weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago so i think they've got their order of operations a little jumbled up it's a little backwards but then also christmas in july is a thing that's what it was yeah i'm sure that's what they titled it yeah that makes Mm -hmm. sense i'm gonna be up there this coming week don't know if they're doing anything special but i holiday are participating What holidays are they hosting while you'll be up there, like Arbor Day? I actually don't have any idea <laughs> no when idea. Arbor Day is. <laughs> I don't know what else they could do. It must be like a Thanksgiving thing. Well, it's kind of the only major one I think they have left. Could do an Easter egg hunt in August. They could. They could. That would suck. All the can, all the jelly beans and the eggs would melt. Terrible idea really and Mm. honestly even now thinking about it like the trick-or-treating concept like that that stuff can melt as well it was hot and you know what it was it was like three hours long and i don't think i've ever been trick-or-treating in my life when it was a three hour long thing (sighs) no that's that's a gigantic commitment even in your biggest neighborhoods like that's that's longer than you would go your parents would not allow such a thing they'd be like okay like we're starting now and if they're dropping you off like when you're old enough where you can do it by yourself like we're okay then we're picking you up at this time yeah at like an hour right like five to six this was six to nine good god yeah it's also dangerous at that time of night you know the whole thing is you got to be done by the time it's too dark out or yeah. you're not going to see all these Ghosts and goblins walking down the street. Yeah, this is a campground, though, so there aren't too many people driving around. Sure, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, it sounds like you had a lovely time. Yeah, it was kind of fun. <laughs> a lot of kids dressed up as Freddy Fazbear. Is that the big one? I was. Yeah, it seemed good... like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was. I'm curious to know what the kids are. It's like are the new Freddy, up? the the one from the the yeah. first person shooter one. There are a lot of kids dressed up as um, 
I was going to say characters from Fortnite, but now characters in Fortnite are characters from every IP that exists. So, yes. <laughs> so the the answer words, is yes. <laughs> a lot of characters from Fortnite. Did All you of see them. Any, <laughs> see any, like, Fry or Bender walking no, around? I wish. That would be awesome if kids were doing that. Yeah. No. There was a little kid dressed up as Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. That's pretty good. And I was like, that kid wins. My favorite costume. Kid knows what they're doing. <laughs> or their parents do. <laughs> or the, their parents. Yeah. The, you see the dad in full oogie boogie. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been rad. Um, hey, speaking of that Futurama, that's that's a thing that's happened. You yeah. watch any of that new Futurama on Hulu? I didn't. No. Mm. I, I don't. I don't think I'm interested. It's tough because I know you're the Futurama boy, but this is not this is not the way. And this, they've done this yeah. to you so many times. Exactly. This wouldn't be the first time I've been let down if it's bad. I'm hearing good things, but okay. I kind of heard good things around the time they did the fucking Lolcats episode, too. So mm. I, don't, I can't trust what people say about that show. What's the most modern episode of Futurama I have watched? Probably the one where it's like the whole take on like the Galapagos Islands. I don't know if, uh, is that one of the movies? I don't know. I feel like it could be an episode where like all of them are different animals that have evolved on like the Galapagos Islands. I I might be completely misremembering. That could be an episode. If it's like one of the Cartoon Network ones, I probably didn't see or it. Uh, Comedy Central ones. I probably didn't see it. Sure. But the new one, just it's it's not calling your name just yet. No. Um, also, Hulu producing things. I feel like every time sure. I watch something on Hulu, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I understand that. I don't know what it is about them. They haven't made a name yet in in my household, certainly. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll check out a few drama at some point. I feel like I have to, but. I'm not like in a hurry. It does seem like a commitment that like you have to make. You mm -hmm. have to at least it's like the uh, oh, Christ. I can't even remember the name of the show anymore. The one that was on Netflix. That was Matt Groening's. Oh, fantasy. Disenchanted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I watched the whole first season of that show and never had fun. I think I watched all three seasons that are currently out. And I didn't like it. I did like the elf bit where, where all the elves were named for what they do. I thought good. that was very funny, but that's pretty much the only joke that really landed for me. I don't. It's it just it left so little of an impact on me that like I have nothing. I have nothing to commit to this conversation other than like <laughs> that show was such a huge letdown. Yeah, really disappointing. I feel like what they tried to make every character bender in that show. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work. There's only one bender. Mm -hmm. Except for the one that's got like the goatee or whatever. Oh, uh, Bondo. Yes. Yeah. So there's two benders yep. out there. What about Golden Bender? Isn't there a Golden Bender? Is that's that an, just Bender? That's an alternate reality bender when they uh, make boxes that have parallel universes in them. In okay. the Farnsworth Parabox. <laughs> <laughs> sure yes of course we all know this <laughs> that's got one of my favorite bits where they come out and they go do you guys see uh, a couple crab guys and uh hermes goes we didn't see nothing and they turn around and they have no eyes <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good 
I don't know. It's uh, something that I hope I I know that at some point you will feel guilted into giving it a chance. And when that time comes, like I I hope that it does work out for you. I don't I don't know if I believe it will. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I should though. They they did put all that work into getting yeah. What's his name? Dimaggio. Yeah. They put all that work into getting him back. So they seem to be trying. Yeah. But will you try to enjoy it? Only time will tell. Only time will tell you. Who knows? Who knows what awaits Brendan in his Futurama on Hulu journey, uh, but he will have to wait to go on that journey because he must start the first part of the second of three thirds. I got lost in the math. The the first part of the second third. First part of the second third. Thank you. Of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender as we enter the recap of the first part of that second third. Brendan, let's let's do it. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Episode 21 of Avatar The Last Airbender titled The Avatar State. <gasps> hey, they stole my my name for it. So, Brendan, let's talk about it, huh? <laughs> I came up with that. I trust you here. <laughs> I want you to know that wholeheartedly I trust what you're about to tell me when I ask you this question. Mm-hmm. You didn't know? I did know. I did. Yeah. You motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this colors my perception of everything. I thought you figured it out when you kept using it. I mean, I was I was kind of going off the bit of like, oh, this is Brendan's crazy idea of calling Aang's power the Avatar state. I guess if that's what we have to call it, we'll just roll with it. No, I don't know when I learned that or like in what context, but I have heard the term the Avatar state. Sure. Uh, so when I saw that, I was like, that's it. That's got to be it. There's <laughs> nothing else that it could be. Uh, I do feel a little bit bamboozled, I will oh, say. I'm sorry. But at the same time, uh, you could have lied to me. You, I mean, I guess in a way you almost did. I did, yeah. But you could have told me right now that like, oh, I didn't know that's what it was called. I was just guessing. And I would have accepted that because the obvious name for the power that Aang enters when his eyes glow and everything, the obvious name is the Avatar State. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Is this the first time they ever say it in the show? Canonically, I believe so, yes. Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We learn all about it in this episode. I've been waiting for this moment. Yeah. All your life? Uh, All of my life. Oh, Lord. I've been waiting. Oh, Lord. Yes. (laughs) Um, No stranger to you and me is uh, Aang. Mm-hmm. Uh, these mm-hmm. are all these are all lyrics. We all know this. <laughs> the Avatar State is the name of this episode, March seventeenth, two thousand six. I didn't look at the time jump between seasons one and two, which is kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah, 
Do you want to maybe like vamp about something while I take a little research? Yeah, I imagine uh, before you tell me, I'm going to say something that you could immediately prove wrong. I imagine this season started relatively quickly after the first one ended, considering their 20 episode long seasons. Sure. Uh, and it was a huge show for Nickelodeon. I would imagine they would make those 20 episodes last about a year with like some reruns here and there, some new episodes every like couple weeks. Uh, and mm -hmm. it would just kind of flow one into the other. Uh, as far as I remember on Nickelodeon, the show was always playing. Uh, and I didn't watch enough of it to know how often new episodes were coming out. See, I don't really remember. Like, I don't really remember the flow of mm -hmm. like the Nickelodeon Nickelodeon programming block in like this period of time. I guess I just wasn't paying enough attention to it. Yeah. Well, time was weird as a kid too. <laughs> like every, it this felt is true. like, this is true. It felt like everything was so far apart, but also the cartoons just were always putting new ones out. Mm -hmm. And if they stopped, it was kind of like you didn't notice as a kid. Cause there was always something else you could be watching. Sure. So like, it could be like a year between episodes and you probably wouldn't even know. This is true. Yeah, you come back and like it never left. This is also also the time period 2005, 2006. Like I've got a GameCube. Mm -hmm. I've probably stopped watching so much TV in favor of playing like Battalion Wars mm -hmm. or Star Fox Adventures. Yep. I would have been playing Time Splitters 2. I wouldn't have been playing Time Splitters 2, but I would have been playing um, 007 Nightfire at my friend's house. I didn't have that one. I had not. I had the GoldenEye Rogue Agent. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. That's the one on the PS2. I got a network adapter for my PS2. Oh, hell yeah. To play that online. <laughs> you play some SOCOM against people all across the globe. I did, yeah. I played a lot of that. A lot of Medal <laughs> of Honor Rising Sun. Nice. I knew how to get out of one of the maps on that one. They have a like a network adapter for the GameCube, I feel like they might They have. did. Yeah, I think they only used it for Fantasy Star Online and Kirby's Air Ride. That's wild. Mm -hmm. But it existed. Plugs into one of them little sl <sighs> slots on the bottom of the GameCube. Reminds yeah. me of the conversation you and me had several weeks ago about the issue of Nintendo power yeah. that I had that was all about the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection on the DS. Yeah. Early online gaming was such a fucking hassle. It's crazy. <laughs> I had to get a Wi-Fi adapter for my PlayStation 2 network adapter. Mm -hmm. uh, and getting that thing set up to the Wi-Fi was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Because uh, it has no interface. So, like, yeah. how do you put in a password? Mm -hmm. It was miserable. I did it somehow. But goddamn, the Wii had built-in Wi-Fi capabilities, yep. but in my household, we had never really like figured out how to use Wi-Fi for mm -hmm. any device that we owned. Mm -hmm. uh, so my dad spent like ninety minutes to two hours on the phone with Nintendo support, trying to figure out how we were supposed to connect the Wii to our wi-fi connection and did eventually figure it out. oh nice he didn't have to buy that uh, adapter to make it ethernet compatible didn't need it it had the wi-fi built in and god damn it we were gonna figure out how to use it i gotta download mario 
I know I must I must play Super Mario Brothers 2, a game that I'll buy and actually never play. <laughs> I bought the whole Metal Slug collection on the Wii. Fuck yeah. God damn. All right. Have um, you figured have you figured out that time gap yet? <laughs> oh, let's talk about it, Brendan. I guess that's what we started this whole thing with. Um the time gap between seasons one and two was uh just over three months. Okay. That's reasonable, I think. Which is kind of, I feel like, in the ballpark of what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Three months is a pretty quick turnaround between seasons of yep. an animated show. That's enough time to play the whole first season again, like yep. one a week or two a week. Definitely. Um, December 2nd was the finale. And then, yeah, March 17th, as we said, was the first episode of this season, too. So pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. That makes sense, though. I think I feel like for children's shows, you kind of have to if you want to definitely keep the hype. Got to keep them hooked. Mm-hmm. Well, hooked they are going into the Avatar state. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. <laughs> do you want to talk about Nintendo Wi-Fi connection kind just of. a little bit longer? Kind of now. Snaking on Mario Kart DS was a I thing. Didn't I didn't never figured it DS. out. Didn't play that one. Is that just like getting boosts over and over by going back and forth? Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. what it was. I, I Again, I never figured it out. <laughs> but the first time I saw it in a online match, I said, this sucks. I'll never do it again. <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> this, this blows. And then when they're not doing that, they're just hacking. Yeah. Because Nintendo's online is notoriously uh, <laughs> easy to hack. Previously on Avatar. Uh, So after a long, sometimes serious, but often very silly journey, uh, Aang, Katara, and Sokka finally made it to the North Pole to learn some waterbending, only to be attacked by a giant fleet of firebenders led by one Admiral Zhao. Remember that guy? I do, yeah. Figures to be a big force going forward on this show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Prince Zuko barely survived a uh, an assassination attempt uh, and Mother Nature as he attempted to capture the Avatar under the watchful eye of his uncle Iroh. Uh, Aang dispatched the firebenders with the help of the literal spirit of the ocean with Zhao dying in the process, maybe not figuring to be a major player in uh, this season. <laughs> Oops. Never mind. We can roll that back <laughs> right that, now. That. Forget it. I didn't say that. You never heard it. Uh, Zuko and Iroh escaped, and the Fire Lord appointed his daughter, Zuko's sister, mm-hmm. uh, to a special mission. So let's get into it from there, huh? Yeah. Here we go. We see Aang running through the Southern Air Temple. And he pulls back a curtain. And he is out of body watching himself enter the Avatar state and form a howling wind around himself. Mm -hmm. A familiar scene. We've seen this before. But Aang is now, like, watching it as we all did. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, he is blown away and falls on the ground. And when he falls, he is actually before the great firebending door from Avatar Roku's temple. Our favorite doors that exist. Yeah. On the show. Although I think the lock on it is different than it was in the episode. Now that I think about it. We don't spend the kind of time with the door that like is appreciated on this podcast. We love these doors for their <laughs> stupid, overcomplicated uh, yeah. mechanisms. We do see the mechanism turning when the door opens in this scene, but I don't think it has like the four spouts or mm. five or whatever it was. Sure. That it had. In Aang's dreams. Ooh, spoilers. Uh, in Aang's <laughs> dreams, uh, things don't need to be so complica complicated. You know? I guess that's true. Yeah. You just, the door opens and we don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. But I would like to see yeah, the full effect of this door. We love these <laughs> doors, as we said. Yeah, give, give me more <laughs> shitty 3D. Give me more bad doors. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yum, yum, yum. Oh, I eat it up. It's delish. <laughs> uh, this terrible, terrible door opens up. And Aang sees himself float out into the room again in the Avatar state. But, I mean, actually, we should be seeing Roku yeah, that's actually the door. That's what I was wondering. Did, did the people who saw him saw Roku, right? Like they said Roku's name when he came out? One of the fire sages specifically said that Avatar Roku was bringing down the temple... Okay. So there's no way that Aang was visible to anyone. Okay. Because watching this, I was like, well, okay, so are we to imagine that they saw Aang, but Roku was, like, piloting his body, essentially? But no, I think I think they all saw Roku. Roku was there. Yeah. For sure. But I can also believe, I mean, if we want to get, like, in the weeds with this, like, Aang and Roku are the same in some sense. So, like, yeah. seeing... Aang in his own dream state here, like, what is the difference to him? Yeah, I, I think that's probably what they're going for. Because yeah. in the end, it was him doing it, even if he was projected as Roku. Sure. And we're going for a theme in this opening scene, so, like, we have to have Aang. We can't just have Roku. <laughs> yeah. Um, Avatar state Aang creates a fissure beneath regular Aang who falls through onto the deck of a Fire Nation ship and he stares up in horror at a massive fish monster towering over him. Cool ass fish monster. Brendan's favorite thing in the entire <laughs> world. This just gigantic watery fish. I love this guy. They brought him back in the very next episode. <laughs> and I don't want to, you know, ruin your enjoyment of the show but he does find a way to pop up in every single episode fuck yeah <laughs> like, like the alien in south park is just hiding somewhere in a shot everywhere yeah it's like the car in the background of the lord of the rings movies they always have this big fish um yeah he's staring up at the fish with a glowing ang embedded in the middle of it and this ang takes a mighty fishy swing 
And regular Aang wakes up in panic from this nightmare that he's having. Yes, it was a dream. I already said that, but oh, how oh, shocking. Oh, my God. I didn't see it coming. Who could have? You know? Nobody. No. It seemed like we were in real time. But no, it was all a dream. Aang wakes up. He's in a bunk on a water tribe ship. Mm-hmm. And climbs up to the deck waking up Katara and she follows him and he tells her uh, in his dream, he was watching himself in the avatar state, he says. And she immediately knows what he's talking about. Uh, yes, the avatar state. Yes, we've talked about this often. Eh? Ah, you never shut up about it. It's that term that we know and use constantly. Yep. Nobody has invented it. Nobody, no, Brendan doesn't even know what this is. Nope. So, yeah, even they are referring to it as such for the first time on the show. <laughs> That's wild uh, to me. I I wasn't paying enough attention to realize that they had never said it before. And the way they just casually talk about it in this scene did nothing to, like, throw off that perception that I had. Right. But I think like the only references we've had to this was in the finale episodes of season one where Aang is like meditating in the spirit oasis and UA is like, oh, what is he doing? And uh, Kataris is like, oh, he's accessing or like he's tapping into his avatar spirit, I think is how she describes it. Uh, yep, yep. That's not, that is not calling it the avatar state. No, but it sounds like they've already established this by the time we are meeting them on this boat. 100%. They've had a conversation like, oh, this is what we call it. And then Roku, spoilers, show up, shows up later in the episode is like, it is the avatar. You were absolutely right. That you is got it. Called. Got it in one. You fucking nailed it, bro. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just think it's funny. They're like, yes, this is the canonical name. Everybody's always known it's yeah. the canonical name. Come on, get with it. Let's move past this. Let's not even worry about it. Um, Aang says, yeah, he was watching himself in these dreams and says, it was scary. I was scary. Mm -hmm. That's true. Terrifying. Yeah. The next morning, Master Paku is here with them on the boat. Remember this guy? Yeah, he's trying to go trying to go south to bang Grand Grand. He just really wants Grand Grand to uh, <laughs> let him back into her life. <laughs> let him smash. <laughs> Look, I've been celibate all these years. So I've been <laughs> saving myself for you, Grand Grand. And uh, now's the time. Uh, he's got gifts for Team Avatar. For Katara, she gets a vial of water from the Spirit Oasis, which he says has unique properties. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. Fucking whatever they need it to mean whenever they decide to use it. <laughs> <laughs> She'll pocket that for a <laughs> the, convenient moment. The writers hadn't decided what it meant yet. <laughs> This is probably important, he says to her, but like, I don't fucking, like, you'll figure it out. So, or someone 
like God will figure it out for you. <laughs> when we put you in a problem we don't know how to solve, <clears throat> then it'll be useful. <laughs> oh, what's in Katara's inventory? Oh, yes. Uh, let's see. A necklace, a uh, special water. Good water. <laughs> uh, a water bending scroll. I'm not sure Katara has much use for the waterbending scroll anymore. Actually, that even leads us into the next gift, which for Aang, he gets some more waterbending scrolls. We're so far past that. <laughs> That's really What good are these? <laughs> I don't need these anymore. Maybe he can barter with them. People seem to really want that other one. That's true. So really what Paku is giving Aang is just money. Mm-hmm. Which would be very funny if he's like, Aang, like, you're the Avatar, you've got Katara with you, she'll teach you how to waterbend, like, you don't need to read anything. Mm -hmm. So here's just, like, a bunch of coins. Yeah, these are hard assets. <laughs> you can spend this on, I don't know, like, breakfast? <laughs> Maybe a cool whistle. <laughs> well, no, he's already, he's got all the whistles he needs. <laughs> you know, he needs one more. He needs a Momo whistle now. I was, yeah, you know, that's true. <laughs> we did find a use for the bison whistle, but the lemur <laughs> whistle that is yet to be introduced on this show. Just imagine the possibilities. Yeah. No. I'm imagining it. He could get Momo <laughs> to steal shit for him. Momo has already proven very adept at collecting shiny things. Yeah, that's that is true. If he's just in a location and whistles him like Captain Olimar, like, hey, like, come pick up this object. Yeah. Oh, OK, there's uh, a utility for such a whistle. So hopefully he'll come across it in coming episodes. <laughs> and then he gets a Sako whistle. <laughs> he's got to control everybody in his entire life. <laughs> No, Sokka, he, uh, it's time for his gift, which Paku just gives him a big pat on the shoulder and some well wishes. What a dick. <laughs> There's literally a big fat womp womp sound as Sokka pouts like, oh man. He could have given him something, like a keepsake from the Northern Water Tribe. Some food. Yeah, and He would have loved food. Yeah, he would have been really stoked about it. He probably would have thought he got the best gift. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, this cool water, like, I'll, whatever. <laughs> I'll splash it on this food that I got. <laughs> no. Sokka gets nothing from Paku. Uh, they fly off towards a Earth Kingdom base where a General Thong is going to escort them to Omashu so Aang can, can begin his training with King Boomy. Yeah. I'm very excited. I know we're stoked for. Yeah. Let's get this guy back on the show, huh? Fuck yeah, I can't wait. No better earthbender than this guy, as far as we're concerned. If they show up and Boomy's fucking dead, I'm going to be so fucking mad. <laughs> oh, guess what? He was really, really old I know. when he here last time. He's like 112 years old. <laughs> you ran out of time. You should have just stayed the last time you were here. Done things a little bit out of order. I know that's unorthodox, but like you fucked up. I'm going to be so mad if that happens. I don't know if this oh. show would do that, but it's like in Metal Gear Solid 3 where you can just turn your console off for a few weeks and then that one boss will die. Yeah, the end. Mm -hmm. 
this is the end of King Boomy. I don't want. I, I don't know, Brendan. We'll we'll find out what the fate of King Boomy is. Ah, can't wait. Can't wait. Katara yells, "Say hi to Grand Grand for me," and Paku's like, "Ooh, I'll be saying lots of things to Grand Grand. Don't you worry." <laughs> and then they sink his ship on the way out. <laughs> that was kind of fucked up. Yeah, you're not going anywhere near Grand Grand. How does he even know Grand Grand wants to see him? What if he gets all the way down there and she's like, I left for a reason. She specifically left him because she did not want to be with him. What does he think he's after? I mean, his whole excuse was like, oh, I'm going to go rebuild the southern tribe and get mm-hmm. the benders going again. It's like, yeah, fucking right. Yeah. Will he still we do that when Grand Grand shuts him down? No. Then he's like, okay, well, back to the north I go. Well, fuck you then. And he <laughs> rides away on his boat, flipping them all off. Got plenty of suitors up here in the north. I don't need this. <laughs> but then he'll still come back because he just can't get enough of Grand Grand. Mm-hmm. Can you blame him? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you, you're feeling me here. <laughs> uh, Brendan, we're whisked away to a luxurious spa somewhere. Mm-hmm. And beneath the shade of some cherry blossom trees... Two big, burly men dig their hands into the nude backside of Uncle Iroh. Yeah. I was a little surprised it wasn't women, to be honest. I would have thought Iroh would be like, aren't there any, like, ladies around here who could do this? These two big, beefy hunks are just digging their fingers into Iroh's soft tissue. And he's loving it. He's fucking loving it. I'm loving it. This is the setup to what will surely be like my favorite porno of all time. (laughs) So if somebody busts out the oil, like I am really going to have a hard time (laughs) focusing on the rest of the episode. Uh, It's erotic. Iroh is in complete bliss, but Zuko is here and he's pouting in the corner as he'll do. (laughs) Like usual. Yep. Right where we left him. Yeah, Zuko, no character growth despite going through so fucking much in the last few episodes of the show. Oh, he fucking regresses in this episode, I feel like. It's really kind of sad when you look at where he should be versus where he is. Mm -hmm. Iroh sits next to him and he says, it's the anniversary, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. And we find out it has been three years since Zuko's banishment, which was a question that we had. How long has it truly been? Yep. Now we know three years to the day. Definitively answered now. So we appreciate that. Zuko goes on a long Zuko-like rant, again, that we almost kind of thought he had was passed, but... Mm-hmm. It's very stereotypical Zuko about regaining his honor, capturing the Avatar to regain his honor, all this shit. They have to remind the audience it's been three months, so they have to let everyone get back up to speed with who Zuko is. Remember this guy? This is kind of his deal. Mm -hmm. They had to regress him a little bit to do that. Because if they started him off where he should be, people might be like, well, this is weird. That's not the Zuko I remember. But it's the Zuko that we want him to be, isn't Mm it? Yeah. Well, he's not quite there yet. He uh, says that he wants his father not to think that he's worthless. And Iroh cheerily says, hey, he doesn't think that. You know, why would he banish you if he didn't care? 
Mm -hmm. Which is a great point. Poorly delivered. (laughs) It's maybe not the words. Yeah. The delivery system was not perfect, but he's trying to help. Yeah, the meaning the meaning was good, but the the, the word choice was poor. <laughs> Zuko storms off after that comment. Yep. Um, from here, we cut to a large, ornate Fire Nation ship sailing along, and on this ship there are dozens of soldiers that bow as an obscured throne is carried out onto the deck of the ship. Yep. They pull the curtain on this throne, and out steps Zuko's sister, Princess Azula. It's the girl from the intro. We've seen her throw some fire about Mm -hmm. every single week if we're watching the (laughs) intro, which you and me have admitted constantly that we're not. We're not. But she's popped up a couple times. As we mentioned, she was uh, sent on a special mission Mm -hmm. at the end of the last season. And these soldiers are in different armor, I think, than we've seen before. I think they're in it at this point. They definitely are later. Mm. It's almost maybe like a royal guard kind of. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of like the, the red, uh, the red cloaked guys from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I think they're the Imperial Guard guys. Those guys had some badass weapons in Star Wars. And then they got fucking killed. (laughs) Yeah, they did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We can't talk about that anymore. Here comes Azula. She's here on the show. My brother and my uncle have disgraced the Fire Lord and brought shame on all of us. You may have mixed feelings about attacking members of the royal family. I understand. But I assure you, if you hesitate, I will not hesitate to bring you down. Dismissed. Princess, I'm afraid the tides will not allow us to bring the ship into port before nightfall. I'm sorry, Captain, but I do not know much about the tides. Can you explain something to me? Of course, Your Highness. Do the tides command this ship? Uh, I'm afraid I don't understand. You said the tides would not allow us to bring the ship in. Do the tides command this ship? No, princess. And if I were to have you thrown overboard, would the tides think twice about smashing you against the rocky shore? No, princess. Well then, maybe you should worry less about the tides, who've already made up their mind about killing you, and worry more about me, who's still mulling it over. I'll pull us in. Yeah, fucking tell them. That's a pretty ominous line. Good way to gain the trust of your men. Good way to establish a good rapport with your crew, but also a good way to like introduce yourself to us, the viewers of the show, is like, oh, this is just a freak. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, immediate impressions of Princess Azula. What are we? What are we thinking? I think she's pretty cool. I like her. I think she's a better villain than Zhao. Zhao is just sure. kind of like. I don't know. I don't know how to describe him. He, he was just like the bad guy, the typical bad guy. She feels like she's got more weight, which she does. Sure. She's got like a familial connections to Zuko. Yeah. Um, and she seems uh, more threatening in a way where he was just like vying for power. She's kind of already there, not really doing it for anything other than like love of sport. Right. Uh, and that's scarier, I think, 
than a, a general trying to get more power. She's clearly got like mind games to play with the characters on the show, even her immediate family members. So it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, what is like what is she capable of doing? Or like how is she able to manipulate these characters, which she does very easily in this episode, as we'll get into. Yeah, she's like a real fucking psychopath, this one. Yeah. And also clearly the way that even Zuko described her before we have ever met her. Like when he was talking to Aang's unconscious body in the finale of season one, mm-hmm. like is a firebending prodigy. Like it's supposed to be this incredible bender. Yeah, and we see some of that. We see some shit that I wasn't expecting to see mm-hmm. in this episode. <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, but Azula, yes, she is finally here on the show. So excited for it because it's as a fan of the show, you can't wait to see her. She's she's huge. Yeah, um, she seems like she's going to be a really good villain. And she will be. I promise you that. We've got time to grow, but uh, a good first impression. Yes, Azula, voiced by uh, one of our old favorites on this podcast, Gray Delisle Griffin is someone we've talked about a lot. Ah, uh, yep, yep. Many appearances throughout Multiple things that we've covered, um, including being on Samurai Jack as multiple characters, such as the High Priestess. Mm -hmm. Kind of a similar vibe right off the bat as the High Priestess. Yep. Uh, She was Mandy from Billy and Mandy, which we've talked about. But most importantly, she's also done some modeling work and is on the cover for uh, One Two Switch, the video game. Oh, really? Yeah, she's on the cover of One Two Switch. Oh damn! <laughs> Which is the most random <laughs> credit ever. Yeah, I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna look that up right now. What is also interesting about that is that they elongated her nose on the cover of One Two Switch. Really? Is she the cowboy? Uh, the cowboy I girl. I mean, I'm going to have to take a look. Brendan and I are now taking a little time out of our podcast recording to look at the characters of 1-2-Switch. I believe she is the girl in the very top right corner of Playing the 1-2-Switch cover. Okay. Interesting. Yes. I could be elongated wrong about that. her nose. <laughs> I could be wrong about that. In any case, they did elongate this Wild. person's nose. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure why they did it. Uh, but a storied career, as you can tell, if she's yeah. done all these wonderful things, including that last. Really, that's like a resume. If you've got that on your resume, you can get any job in this business. I don't think I ever would have known that if you hadn't told me <laughs> just now. Do you feel better off for it? I kind of do. That's like a that's a fun <laughs> little bit of trivia. <laughs> I heard a review of One Two Switch. I think it was from min max games where they asked like the reviewer like who is this game for and he said it's for the parents of the actors who are in one two switch (laughs) oh so mean (laughs) so mean but also pretty accurate if you've played that game yeah it's for people who are trying to uh justify their purchase of a switch to their friends there's no yeah i mean there's nothing else right now i i simply must this is it this is it this is the only game 
Look, you can really feel the balls. <laughs> I, I count them. You can. They're in here. They're literally in here. I, I actually am still impressed with that game. <laughs> I'll milk better than you can ever milk. Um, the gang reaches this Earth Kingdom base and is welcomed by General Fong, who calls them uh, Brave Sokka and Mighty Katara. Which they both eat up. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? No, that's great. Huge honors for the two of them. Uh, some earthbenders launch some fireworks into the sky to like celebrate their arrival. Mm-hmm. Seems like things are going to go pretty smoothly here, Brendan. Yeah, these seem like cool people. That guy seems really nice. Super chill and really appreciative of their time and like their goals. <laughs> and not at all like Hitler. Not, yeah, this crazy lunatic. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, Fong holds counsel with Team Avatar and gushes over Aang's performance at the Northern Water Tribe. Uh, Aang tries to stay humble about it, but Fong's like, well, kid, seems like you've got what it takes and tells Aang he is now ready to take on the Fire Lord himself. Oh, shit, we're doing it. We're going right to the end. Let's just fast forward. I know we have, like, stuff that you're supposed to do, but let's just go do this damn thing, huh? Yeah, enough of all this fucking around. You've got the power. I've seen it. I heard about this big-ass fish, and I, I would like to see it in person. Yeah. I think he's right. I think Gang is ready. Uh, he thinks Aang is ready. Uh, Aang does not. He's like, I'm, he, he's aghast. He's like, I'm not ready for this. Are you out of your mind? Which actually seems, um, it feels like a bit of growth for Aang. Cause I for feel sure. like at, at one point he would have been like, yeah, pff, we're all, all this fucking around. I'm the avatar. I'm going to do it. But like now he's actually like, well, no, no, hold on. <laughs> I, I can't do that. There's a process here, General Fong, and we're yeah. not even halfway through it yet. <laughs> um, Sokka and Katara jump to his defense, and they're like, this is not how it works. Aang can't even control when he's in the Avatar state. But Fong's like, yeah, but when he is, he's like so strong, though. Yeah, but like I said, he, he fucked up all those ships. Remember all the ships? so cool. I can't do that shit. Nah, no, no one in this room could do that. Except That's him. That's like... Really cool. It was so cool <laughs> when he did that. And like, I just want to see it happen. Come on, do the just, thing. Say the line, Ang. <laughs> do it for me. Yeah, everyone turns around to look at him. <laughs> I'm the Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fong makes the decision that they'll all work together to get Ang's avatar, avatar state under control. But everyone else kind of protests this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Fong plays the pity party card and takes Aang to a window where he sees the injured Earth Kingdom soldiers in like the hospital barracks in this base. Mm -hmm. He says, they're the lucky ones. They came back. Oh. Which we know from experience with Aang. I mean, you're right that Aang has a little bit of growth and that he's like, no, like, we're not ready for this. Mm -hmm. What are you, crazy? But we know that Aang fucking hates seeing shit like this. Oh, yeah. Aang is racked with guilt constantly. 
He's he for having disappeared for as long as he did any little bit of human suffering that exists in this world. He always feels directly responsible for it, <laughs> yep, even yep. if he's not. Yeah, this this he knows exactly what button to push to get Aang to do what he wants. A huge power play. This is definitely going to work. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Back aboard Azula's ship. She's training in throwing fucking lightning bolts around. Yeah. This is what I was talking about. Fucking lightning bolts. We haven't seen anyone do that, have we? The only thing we have ever seen is that Iroh redirected a lightning bolt during yes. the storm. Yeah. But but we've but never seen anyone creating them. <laughs> yeah, we've never seen anyone generate them from their own body. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't know. You had some questions about like, well, firebenders can control lightning when we last talked about mm-hmm. something like this. So I don't know, Brendan, I guess I'm just not sure. Do you like that firebenders can do this or or do you not? Uh, this episode, if I was on the fence about it, uh, I think this episode seals it. I do think it's pretty fucking cool. OK, good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Not good. this scene in particular, but the, the later scene where we see it like really in action is when I was sure. like, OK, OK, this is fucking rad. <laughs> If anyone has to do this, it, I guess it has to be firebenders. And honestly, I like the way they do it. Yeah. The more I think about it, you know, it's plasma. Yeah, we can we can make the argument. There's a scientific thing. Let's call it Bill Nye and he'll sort of let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's doing this training and there's these two old women twins who are sitting and watching over her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are these ladies? Brendan, I have never, and I, I have watched the show several times over, mm-hmm. have never understood the deal with these old broads. Yeah, I don't know. I get, I get kind of like a, I hate to do this again. I get kind of a fucking Dune vibe from them. <laughs> sure, like they're the the Bene Gesserit, the 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 witches it, it okay. controlling the fate of the world. I'm willing to accept that because I've looked this up before and like I it doesn't seem to be a a direct like reference or like homage to anything. It just seems like this is like a unique creation of the show is these two old weird bitches. Yeah, I don't know. And then I feel like they don't they don't appear in the episode again after that, do they? No, this is it. This is like the only thing that they get to do. Um. This is a completely context-free spoiler that I'm about to give you, so like, don't even worry about it. But later on in this television show, the two of these ladies basically cut like a wrestling promo. Oh shit! It's, it's Buck Wild. <laughs> that sounds it's, awesome. It's crazy. I can't wait for you to see it. It's, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> they turn heel. We've got such a long way to go, but uh, you're gonna you're gonna love it. Fuck yeah. Uh, I don't know what their deal is. Um, they say uh, her technique was almost perfect, just a hair out of place. As we see one little strand of hair dangling over Azula's face, and she gets real angry about this. Mm-hmm. She says, almost isn't good enough, and pushes that hair back and blasts some more lightning. Yeah. She's fucking dedicated. I have to zap everyone in my way. Zap to the extreme. (laughs) 
Zap till you drap. I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. Um, late that night, Aang returns to General Fong alone and says, I'm in. He's going with the plan. Yeah, you son of a bitch, I'm in. You got me. Just when I thought I was out, you showed me all these dying <laughs> men. And they are my fault. Um, he returns to his room and admits that he's made this agreement. Uh, Katara thinks this is a bad idea, but Sokka's like, hey, you know, why not? That's fine. And he says, just go glow it up and stomp that fire lord, he says. I, I love Sokka in this episode. <laughs> He's just so go with the flow. Every time somebody like changes their mind, it's like, all right, yeah, cool. Let's extremely supportive. Yeah. Usually Sokka's <laughs> like, no, we're doing things Sokka's way. But this time around, he's just like, what? I'm on team avatar here. Yeah. So like whatever team avatar wants to do, I'm behind it. <laughs> You're the boss. <laughs> You're the avatar now, dog. Katara um, gets all mad at that and says, fine, go ahead and glow it up. <laughs> I do like the idea that all they know about the Avatar state is the glowing. Yeah. I like to think that they're talking about, like, him getting a makeover. Oh, he's getting a glow up? Yeah, yeah. No, if anything, by the end of this episode, Aang crying and sniveling on his knees. He looks like a little worm. <laughs> he gets a he gets a dull down. <laughs> is that? That is, yeah, okay. I was going <laughs> to say, there's got to be another... The other side to that coin. Yeah. It's okay. He'll find his way back. <laughs> uh, so now we have to find a way to trigger Aang's avatar state, Brendan. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to do that. Let's try a couple things out, huh? Yep. <laughs> First on the list, uh, they brew him some tea that they say enhances energy tenfold. Mm-hmm. And Aang takes a sip of this tea and his eyebrows twitch. And then he very quickly cannot handle that gigantic load of caffeine in his little tiny child body. Do you think it's caffeine? I think it's meth. <laughs> I think this is what the Nazis did. <sighs> yeah, that actually, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. They gave him meth so he could fight harder and longer. <laughs> there was a thing... Uh, a podcast I listened to podcast. The ride is a theme park podcast. Uh, and they were talking about like the opening special of uh, Disneyland in the fifties. Mm -hmm. And oh, like God. a lot of the actors that were in this opening special were all hyped up on this concoction that this doctor had made for him. This was the fifties too. So mm -hmm. like, I guess not long after the Nazis, they still hadn't figured it out, but like the main ingredients of it, the doctor admitted was like methamphetamine and monkey gonads. Oh, what the fuck is how he described it? What? <laughs> so like medicine. That's, that's fucking magical. We have such a long way to go. <laughs> We've almost gone too far with medicine. It seems like things were simpler. Yeah, we just got to go back to meth and cocaine. <laughs> People were doing great. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would agree the Nazis were doing great. <laughs> it's fine. Jesus Christ. They loved it. They were having a great time out there. <laughs> Canceled. No, it's fine. This is staying in the episode. I'm 100% serious. That's eh, fine. Clip it out. I dare you. <laughs> Fucking bring it on. 
<laughs> my lawyers are ready. Ooh, just kidding. I have none. <laughs> uh, yeah, here Aang is with his meth and monkey gonads zipping around. Uh, and he uh, he's riding an air scooter like all around the room, talking in like a sped up Alvin and the Chipmunks kind of voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sokka does say, I guess he could talk the Fire Lord to death, which is a good jab. Yeah, fucking got him. It's pretty funny. Uh, Sokka, no, he's got an idea. He's going to scare Aang into the Avatar state like you scare the hiccups out of someone. Yeah. <laughs> I do wish that this had worked. Me too. Yeah, this is, I, I like this bit, but also at the same time, if you tell somebody to cover their eyes because you're going to scare them, what are the chances they'll actually be scared? It works here. He like, does get scared, yeah. but not to the extent he needs him to be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that is funny, though. Like, get ready. I'm going to scare you. <laughs> I'm going to scare you in three. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and it still does work. <laughs> um, yeah, Aang closes his, his eyes, and when he opens them up, Momo's head is poking out of the top of Sokka's shirt. And he shrieks, and Aang does recoil in fear, but no dice. This does not work. Uh, and naturally, Sokka pays the price and falls over in a comedic bit. Yeah. He's had it too good for too long. <laughs> Let's tear this guy down a little bit, huh? Um, a shaman dresses Aang in some ceremonial garb from all four nations. Mm-hmm. And then in a little tray, he pours some water and then dumps in some sand and then drops a flaming torch in it and blows a puff of air into this mixture, combining all the elements and tosses it onto Aang. And it's just a gigantic pile of sludge covering him. Yeah. I like the thought process. Yeah, I was with it until the he brought out the bellows to blow air into it. <laughs> And it's like, well, what? Are, I mean, come on. What are we doing here? <laughs> Aang even comments on that. He's like, this is just mud. Yeah. And then they debate about who should be able to control that. The mud. Yeah. Is that a waterbender thing or an earthbender thing? Yeah. Fong and Katara kind of like make eyes at each other. Like, you want to give it a shot? Well, I don't know. <laughs> That's forbidden bending. <laughs> yeah, that's for nobody. Yeah. Nobody's <laughs> allowed to touch that one. Um. Meanwhile, Iroh shows Zuko his <laughs> collection of seashells that he's been amassing since they've been at this resort. I fucking love Iroh. He's <laughs> like, these fucking shells are fantastic. They're going to be so cool. I'm going to look at them every day. I'll put one great shell on my nightstand every night. So when I wake up in the morning... I have a great start to my day by looking at this kick-ass shell. <laughs> uh, he's loving it, but they're surprised by Azula, who is sitting at a table in the corner of the room. Uh, the table that she's sitting at is covered in seashells. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a great collection. He's just got a shitload of them. <laughs> he's going to be enjoying these for the rest of his old life, so, you know, not much longer, but, like, God bless him. Iroh is zen as fuck. <laughs> Doesn't let nothing bother him. This is true. Um, Zuko immediately takes an adversarial stance with his sister and says, what are you doing here? 
and she kind of talks down to him mm-hmm. and calls him Zuzu. Yeah, like those little hamsters. Much like those little hamsters or uh, George Bailey's daughter in It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I think I've only seen know. that movie one time. Oh, Brendan, I've seen it so many times. My mother's favorite movie. Yeah, my dad really likes it. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> Zuzu, she says. Uh, and he says, don't call me that. Yeah. They've had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. Sibling things. Hashtag just sibling things. <laughs> they bicker. It's kind of cute. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. Um, Iroh politely asks, to what do we owe this honor? And she aggressively says, both of you are so quick to get to the point and shatters one of Iroh's seashells between her fingers. And this this is the first time Iroh shows any emotion to her even being there. He's like, you fucker. You, this, this is a line you should not have crossed. <laughs> this will not stand. I will rain hell upon you. At first, I thought it was okay. Great, my niece is here. I'll show you all the courtesy that a great uncle would. But you've gone too fucking far, you <laughs> piece of shit. My I'd, precious, precious shells. I didn't even get to tell you about that shell yet. I had a name for it. Yes, it was Shelly. They're all named Shelly. Shelly and Sheldon. Shelly, Sheldon, Shellificent. I don't know. I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> Help me, my dear sweet niece. Just kidding. You're no longer in my good graces. Uh, no more Mr. Polite Uncle, I guess is what you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Azula comes bearing a message from their father, the Fire Lord. Uh, she says he's changed his mind as rumors are circulating around home about treacherous plots to overthrow him. Ooh. Like to learn more about that. Yeah, who's doing that? Who could imagine such a thing? He's doing such a great job. <laughs> the people love him. He's got a, his approval rating is through the roof. Um, the camera pans over Azula's face. Then swings back to Zuko's slack-jawed expression as she very plainly says to him, family are the only ones you can really trust. Mm-hmm. Will that bear true? Probably. I think so. She seems <laughs> she seems on the up and up. She's given us no reason to not trust her <laughs> to this point. And she is family. And mm-hmm. it's like she just said, you know? Yeah. You can't break that bond. Nope. They're all so happy to see each other. Father regrets your banishment. He wants you home. Did you hear me? You should be happy, excited, grateful. I just gave you great news. I'm sure your brother simply needs a moment. Don't interrupt, Uncle. I still haven't heard my thank you. I'm not a messenger. I didn't have to come all this way. Father regrets? He... Wants me back? Oh, it's really sad. You feel so bad for Zuko in the scene for like many, many reasons. The least of which is like, or not the least of which is like, like we said earlier, we thought that Zuko had made so much growth Mm -hmm. in like some of the last episodes of the final season or the previous season. And like she comes in, 
says this one little thing to him, and it's like a total backslide. Yeah, I mean, he is still just a kid. Sure. So, like, even if it feels like he might be, like, you know, maturing and, and figuring it out, he's still, like, he's a sad little kid. Right. His mind is malleable. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows exactly how to manipulate it, it seems, yep. and... We have the benefit of like having watched this episode and already heard Azula say like earlier in the episode that she's going to capture the two of them. Yeah. It's like, we know that. Plus, we also know how the episode ends. But in this moment, like you're seeing Zuko go through this and you're like, oh, Zuko, this is the most obvious trap of all time. Please stop. <laughs> you poor fool. Come on. D- Turn don't it around. Don't say anything mean to Iroh. <laughs> he doesn't yeah he doesn't deserve it but uh he's gonna get a near full soon <laughs> enough and i fucking hate it yeah <laughs> uh katara confronts ang about this whole avatar state business and she says uh hey do you remember when we were at the air temple and we saw monk gyatso skeleton <laughs> God, it's gotta be a more delicate way to say that. I think, like, I get what she's doing, and I, I understand it, and, like, from the standpoint of trying to get him to come to his senses, it makes sense, but, like, fucking, hey, remember that time you saw your, uh, your, like, your best friend in the world fucking dead? Remember that? You remember that old fuck's corpse <laughs> that we saw? It? The place you used to live? Oh, wait, you knew that guy. <laughs> fucking have some tact. Uh, yeah, Katara, I do remember seeing Monk Gyatso Skeleton. Also, what the fuck? I had almost forgotten. Thanks for <laughs> refreshing me. Oh, great. I guess I'll never sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not the, uh, you know, she could have approached that a little bit more, uh, sensitively, but here mm-hmm. we are. Um. She acknowledges how powerful the Avatar state can be, but at the same time, it's hard for the people who love Aang uh, watch him be in so much rage and pain, she says. Uh, But unfortunately, Aang cannot take this advice. The world's suffering is more important than his own suffering. And the only way to put an end to all of that is for him to defeat the Fire Lord. Which is pretty selfless, uh, if not very misguided. His heart's in the right the right place, but uh, this is not the way. Mm-hmm. But he uh, wants to get this done ASAP, and Fong is like giving him this lane, so he's got to stick to it. Uh, Katara dejectedly says, all right, well, I'm not going to be a part of any of this plot that you guys are up to. I'm just going to sit this one out. Mm-hmm. Everyone is pretty sad here. Yeah. This is a pretty heavy episode to start the season on. So, yeah, there's some big emojis going on. Like, Aang doesn't (laughs) want to have to do this because he knows how much it hurts Katara, but, like, has to follow it through, and Katara understands that, but at the same time is like, fuck, like, Aang, this is so bad for you. Yeah. It's tough. Tough spot they're all in. It is difficult. Uh, You have to think there's another way. Mm -hmm. But he's too deep in now. He's got to continue on. Yep. 
Uh, speaking of tough emotions, uh, Zuko is excitedly packing for their journey home. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, it's unbelievable that they're going home. And Iroh is pondering all of this. And he says, yeah, it is unbelievable. <laughs> As in, I don't believe it. But maybe not. Yeah, maybe we're thinking of this in different ways. <laughs> uh, he does not trust his brother's intentions, which even me just reading that sentence that I wrote in my notes, it is kind of funny to think about sometimes that Iroh and the Fire Lord are brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of forget. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They don't really say it often. No, that's it's. The bigger plot point is that Iroh is Zuko's uncle. It's less important that he's the Fire Lord's brother. Yeah, he could have been Zuko's mom's brother. Could have been. He's not, though. He's not. (laughs) So (laughs) why are we even saying it? Let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Zuko starts getting kind of upset about this and says that, well, no, my father cares about me. And Iroh says, I care about you. Which is heartbreaking, (laughs) really. So sad. Uh, Thinking about it, actually, just to step back real quick, because uh, now I'm thinking. um, The Iroh Fire Lord uh, connection feels very much like the Zuko... uh, What's her name? Azula. Azula. Like, uh, dynamic is the word I wanted there. Mm -hmm. Where the Fire Lord and Azula are both very ruthless and mean and Iroh is very kind and Zuko hasn't proven to be very kind but I I can feel it that that's where he's going there's an inner struggle yeah once he once he gets over his desire to prove himself to his father he I think he'll be a a better man and I think Iroh sees that as well which is why he's got such a strong connection and went with him in the first place these are pretty good points Brendan Mm -hmm. that I don't want to talk about too much. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm feeling right now. But you're right. Yeah, it definitely seems like Azula took to like the sort of brash nature of her father that is like this like power over everything. Yeah. Kind of vibe. Whereas Zuko is trying to be in that lane. Mm-hmm. But like is a more complicated figure. Azula, we can already tell, is like pure cartoony villain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she's cool, but she seems very one-dimensional. 100%. Uh, and I think that's okay. Uh, and Iroh is trying to like prove to Zuko, like, you don't have to be that person. You don't need your father's approval. No. You can do whatever you want to do. It's like <laughs> I Uncle... I dad. You can live with me now. We'll sign the papers and you'll be mine. <laughs> oh, now I'm thinking Iroh's going to call him son at some point. Oh, fuck. Oh, and man. then our tears will never stop then, flowing. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already crying just thinking about it, Brandon. Don't do this to me. We have such a long way to go. Um, Now, Zuko gets angry and Iroh warns him, hey, you know, in our family... Things are not always what they seem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuko gets right in his uncle's face and snaps back with like the most hurtful thing you could 
possibly say to this yeah. guy who fucking loves you? Oh, yeah. He just spits venom in this moment. It's It hurts me to hear this. <laughs> but he says to him, I think you are exactly what you seem. A lazy, mistrustful, shallow old man who's always been jealous of his brother. Oh. Oh, Zuko, why? Oh. That's so terrible. It's so sad. This whole episode is very sad. I've said it already. I'll say it again. You're 100% right. It's really hard to hear that because, like, Iroh cares about him so much. And Zuko, even, like... I there are parts later in this episode that proves that Zuko cares so much about his uncle too, but like mm-hmm. is never willing to admit it. Yeah, yeah. For him to say this to him is like absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, it's brutal. This family is complicated, Brenda. Do you get it? <laughs> yeah, I see that. Uh, you can't always trust. Things are not always what they seem. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> what some people in this family say a couple seconds ago. <laughs> um, Zuko storms off and Iroh hangs his head feeling like so sad for his misguided nephew and we do as well. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It is tough. Um, Aang has some more nightmares. He watches himself burst from the water in the South Pole like he did in episode two riding that water spout while in the Avatar state and then washes regular Aang off of the deck of Zuko's ship and then cuts down Zuko himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Aang wakes up from this nightmare and catches his breath and then wakes up Sokka and says, hey, you know what? Let's abandon this plan. This kind of sucks, huh? (laughs) And Sokka's just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. You're the (laughs) Avatar. I I really don't care. I'm so tired. Please let me go back to bed. It. I, I can't get over just how how easygoing he is in this episode. Just like, yeah, Such right, a different okay. direction for him. Like, yeah, that's fine. He's like fully on board for whatever Aang says in this one. We've been through some shit. Like you turned into a huge fish. My sister is a master at waterbending now. Who am I? I'm my Sokka. G- my girlfriend is the moon. My girlfriend is the moon now. <laughs> Whatever you say, Ang, let's fucking do it. Momo doesn't respect me. <laughs> it's really hard to be Sokka right now. I'm the bottom of this totem pole of Team Avatar. <laughs> so, like, I, yeah, you're the boss. It's so good. L- lead the way. Uh, also, Sokka's hair. I don't know if you noticed this, Brendan. But in this scene, uh, Sokka's hair is down yes, and yep. not in a ponytail, which I think is the first ever time on the show. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah, you know what? You probably. I think you're right. Won't be the last time. It's not really that big of a deal, but it is n- notable when he's always been the ponytail guy. Yeah. Interesting. Is that foreshadowing? <laughs> um, I don't think. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm only making the connection right now that you're drawing so much attention to it. But that's not the first <laughs> hair down we see from ponytail mm. people in this episode. Mm. Okay. Uh, that, you know what, then? Perhaps it is. Interesting. Um, 
it was also foreshadowing to a line that will happen in a later episode of the show where somebody calls Sokka ponytail guy. <laughs> <laughs> but in this scene, he is not. He's nope. relaxed hair guy. <laughs> He's a hair down, wild and free guy. Sleeping guy with hair just doing what it wants. <laughs> uh, in the morning... Zuko is making his way towards Azula's ship, but Iroh shouts out, wait for me, and runs after him. Uh, Zuko joyously says to him, uncle, you've changed your mind. Oh, he's happy. He's so happy. And if you look at Zuko and like listen to the tone of his voice, genuinely, it's the happiest he has ever sounded on this show. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> Which Fucking tragic. It is extremely sad in the fact that he's almost like brainwashed mm -hmm. with the way he's been manipulated here. So yeah. It sucks. <laughs> like, you know that he wants to, like, love his uncle mm -hmm. and, like, give return that to him, but can only allow himself to in this moment where it, like, seems like Iroh's helping him achieve this goal of like getting home and everything it's uh, it's like Zuko just yeah. give him the love outside of this kind of moment yeah I don't know it's well I think it's like he he does love Iroh but like he wants to go home more and so right. like he's willing to leave Iroh to do that but he wants Iroh with him so when he realizes like oh he's coming too he's like oh I get to have it all now I have my cake and I am going to eat it yeah I don't know. It's <laughs> I hope it lasts another one of these kind of sad moments in this episode. Um, also, Zuko is still wearing like his spa robe, but Iroh has changed into his full Fire Nation armor. So like he knows. Mm -hmm. Iroh is smarter than that. Yeah, He's here to protect him. Yeah, this is what this is all about. He uh, says, Family sticks together, right? And puts his hand on Zuko's shoulder. And as he does this, an image flashes across the screen of the same painting that we've seen of young Zuko with seemingly his father's hand resting on his shoulder that I believe we last saw at the very end of the Blue Spirit episode. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, uh, it's... Uh, like a little moment of like a fatherly figure one giving of those, Zuko one of those, the you love. Get it. <laughs> get you see it, get what it. we're trying to do nudge, here? Nudge. <laughs> but also you have to remember that this is a thing that we did in an earlier episode that you might not do if you weren't doing a comprehensive Avatar The Last Airbender <laughs> podcast. But we, you can't put anything past us. No, they didn't expect us to be on the case. <laughs> nice try, ya fucks. <laughs> we got him. We got him. Taking him down a peg. Fucking told him. Uh, it's about time somebody did. And who better to do it than us? Um, Zuko takes off towards Azula's ship, but Iroh stares down at it suspiciously. Um, Aang speaks with General Fong to call off the plan. Uh, Fong asks if he's sure about this, and Aang stupidly admits, you know, I can only trigger the Avatar state when I'm in genuine danger. Mm -hmm. Idiot. The things you should not say. This is, 
Yes. You could have just said, yes, I'm sure. Goodbye. Yeah, I'm leaving. Let's Don't not talk me. about this any further. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, delete my number from your phone. <laughs> um, Fong is like, I fucking wish you hadn't said that to me, my dude. And he stands <laughs> up and kicks his entire desk at Aang. The desk and like the podium steps that lead up to it. Like the whole fucking thing. The whole room, all of the furniture in the room, I'm <laughs> soaring towards Aang, uh, sending him flying out the window into like the courtyard below. And Aang stares up in disbelief as Fong shouts, Men, attack the Avatar. And these guys fucking do it. And then they just do it? Yeah. Wild. Following their leader, but like, you don't want to stop for a second and think, are we the baddies? Like, yeah, yeah you're being the baddies. Just following orders, these guys? <sighs> mm, interesting. Interesting, Brendan. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. No, I mean, you're on to something here. <laughs> I'm going to let you keep doing it because uh, you're cooking, chief. <laughs> um, the Earthbenders encircle Aang and launch their attack. Uh, some of them are riding on those weird ostrich horse things that we've yeah, seen before. I like them. Which we love. We love mm -hmm. to see them. Um, the Earthbenders have these big stone discs that they're attacking with. They look like coins. They literally do look like the Earth Kingdom currency, which I don't know if we've seen on the show before, but I'm pretty sure it looks exactly like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. They look like a like a... Japanese coin or something like yeah. circular with like a square cut out in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, and they've just got countless supplies of them that they stomp out of the ground and hurl in Aang's direction. Yeah. They don't use them as effectively as I think they could. There are a couple of times when they they should uh, close the circle in the middle that they don't. Sure. Yeah. You know what? That's a really good point, because if they can manipulate the stone itself. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't they have just done that? Because there were many opportunities to do that exact thing and they never did. And they just never did it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Not the smartest firebenders, you know, with the direction of General Fong, like mm -hmm. you know, maybe they haven't been given the proper training. Yeah. Earthbenders. Yeah, I mean, sure, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um. Conveniently, uh, yeah, these these big cutouts in the middle of these stones, Aang like hides between them as they're flying by like that big cube enemy in Super Mario 64. <laughs> yep. Um, Aang dodges them as best he can and refuses to fight. Uh, Sokka, meanwhile, kicks two earthbenders in the nuts to break free and go join the fight. Fucking got him. Great job, lad. You did it. <laughs> Proud of you. Um, Aang forms a air scooter and tries to run all the way up the wall of the base. Mm -hmm. And the scooter dissipates over time, which I didn't realize happened to it. Interesting. Yeah, it like runs out of juice, which like, what is the juice then? It feels very video gamey in a way. Like you can only dash for three seconds. This is your stamina meter. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. He gets like almost all the way up, but it falls apart. 
Um, he lands back down and General Fong says to him, you can't run forever. And Aang says, you can't fight forever. Which is fair. So somebody is going to have to give it up at a certain point. Yep. Ooh, Brendan, this scene is a little too intense. Let's <laughs> let's go to something a little less chaotic, huh? <laughs> okay. Something is a there something more in peaceful. the episode? Yeah, they uh, we take a little break for like a peaceful moment where everyone's going to turn out just fine. Uh, Zuko and Iroh walk down a long dock towards Azula's ship, and they are flanked by two long rows of Fire Nation soldiers. Uh, which Iroh is like clocking them the entire time. Oh, yeah. Planning his escape route. He's like, he's doing that thing. He's pointing to his eyes like, I'm on to you fuckers. (laughs) I've seen everything. I'm so much older than every single one of you. I'm a master tactician. You think this shit's going to trick me? People are still hiring me to fight in their wars. (laughs) You think I haven't seen this kind of shit before? Please. Mm -hmm. Enjoy your time in the water where you're about to be. In your heavy armor. (laughs) In your heavy armor where you will assuredly drown. (laughs) Um, Azula is smiling down at them from above the (sighs) gangplank. Uh, Yeah. Gangway? Yeah, it's (laughs) the gangplank. Are you sure? (laughs) No. Do we need to reopen this conversation? I don't think so. It's a plank. It's a plank. I think it's the gangplank. It's gangplank. She's up there. Uh, We don't have to worry about it any further. (laughs) Um, She tells the captain, set our course for home. No. And Zuko longingly says, home. (laughs) This poor fucking fool. It's terrible. It's really terrible. Uh, They start boarding the ship, and the captain commands his men, uh, raise the anchors. We're taking the prisoners home. What a fucking clown. She couldn't have got someone with any amount of competence. Oh, nuts. Did I say, what did I say? Oh, no. You had one fucking job, my guy. (laughs) I practiced this so many times before we got here. And I still fucked it up. Oh, oh, rats. God damn. Um, He realizes what he's done. Azula gives him a death glare. Literally, he will be dead after this episode, I'm sure, by her hand. Uh, And Zuko realizes what's going on here. And Iroh enacts his plan and just starts punching these fucking fools into the water. Fucking action Iroh's back. He's back. He's so much more capable than uh, we ever remember that he can be. But like these moments were like, all right, Iroh. Yeah, fuck him up. I fucking love it. It's great. You love to see it. Uh, Zuko says, you lied to me. And Azula's like, honestly, Zuko, this is not on me. Like you were pretty fucking stupid this entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> I did lie to you, but like, come on now. Use your brain. You bought that shit. <laughs> You really fucked up this episode. And Zuko's like, what do you mean episode? I'm so confused right now. <laughs> and she winks at the camera. Having fun, kids? We'll see you next week. <laughs> for another thrilling adventure. Uh, smash cut from Zuko's fight to Aang's. 
Katara hears the ruckus outside and runs outside where Sokka kind of explains what's going on and and continues to run away as best he can while Sokka and Katara take the fight to the Earthbenders. Uh, Sokka approaches one of the bird horse things mm-hmm. and literally says, good bird horse thing. He doesn't even know what it is. I This, Brendan, this is unacceptable to me. <laughs> I'm pissed about this. Why? Because you and me are allowed to have the reaction that Sokka would have, but Sokka lives in this world where this animal has an actual name. Yes, but he grew up and spent most of his life in the Southern Water Tribe where they don't have these animals, and I never saw any of them with any books. This is so, also true. I think it's I think it's reasonable that he wouldn't know what this is. He might not know exactly what this animal is, but to be calling it like a bird horse yeah, okay. yeah. thing. I'll give you like that. we know that in this world there is no such thing as just like a regular ass bird. There's no regular ass horse. Mm-hmm. So for him to like be combining these things in his mind like we do. Yes. I don't, I I have, I just, I can't accept that. I will give you that. That is a little strange. So, uh, yeah, I'll give you that. This whole episode goes out the window to me now. I can't really commit <laughs> to the rest of it. Spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> also, I've been referring to these creatures as ostrich horses because it's really the only way to describe them. Yeah, I think that's more apt than bird horse. Yeah, bird horse is not really descriptive. Ostrich horse makes a lot of sense. And uh, only just now at this point while I was writing my notes did I uh, decide to Google the actual name of this animal. And they are called ostrich horses. Really? (laughs) Yeah, they are. Wow. I just nailed it. Chocobos. I mean, they I mean, but what is a chocobo if not an ostrich horse? Basically just an ostrich. <laughs> but a little more yellow. Or an emu. Yeah, yeah, but more yellow. It's all the same. They've got them in that world. They've got them in this world. Those are um, universe hopping creatures. <laughs> it's the, the fantasy go-to mount. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I wish they weren't just fantasy. I want one of those bad boys. You could get one. I think they're mean, though. Yeah, it seems that way. I think they try to fuck you up. (laughs) Kind of nasty birds. Birds are nasty by nature. Yeah, that's true. Especially big birds like that. Mm -hmm. And horses, too. Horses are kind of fucked up. You know what? Animals are terrible. (laughs) Fuck animals. Animals are terrible. We shouldn't have them at all. Get rid of them. How's Raz doing, by the way? (laughs) He's doing great. Katara is in the middle of the battlefield and General Fong turns his attention to her and he says, maybe you can avoid me, but she can't. And she starts whipping some water towards him, but he raises some sand and turns her water into mud. And then again, fucking rad. (laughs) We have to have the conversation, Brendan, who's in control now of this mud? Well, I I would say nobody, because as soon as he does it, it falls to the ground and he doesn't use it anymore. Neither one of them try to control it any further past that. Yeah, they can't. It's illegal. But it's got properties of both things in it. You would mm-hmm. think maybe they each have a little hand in this. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do think it's a very cool move to see him just like soak up her attack with some sure. dirt. I think that was like the most clever use of earthbending I'd seen so far in this show. It's like, oh, you can just 
do that with every water attack is just yeah. turn it into mud and then it's useless. Yeah. They, the earth bending kind of went up a little bit. Okay. It's rising the ranks. All right. <laughs> Gained a few points. Um, he stomps his foot and Katara's legs sink into the ground and she is completely pinned in the ground. Mm-hmm. Aang and Sokka rush in to try to stop General Fong, but he sort of shrugs them off and Katara sinks even further up to his up to her waist. And Aang runs in and grabs Fong by the arm and is now begging him to free her. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Aang, he's the Avatar, so, you know, he could maybe figure out a little earthbending himself. And yeah, try to... he could have at least tried. <laughs> but, you know, instead he has to cower before this demanding general. Yeah. Well, it's a little emasculating, I would say. Uh, he, uh, Fong says to him, you could free her if you were in the Avatar state. And tears form in Aang's eyes and he desperately cries out, I'm trying. <laughs> Which is really sad because you know he totally is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katara sinks to her shoulders. Fong says, I don't see glowing. So again, his <laughs> whole perception is just the glowing part. I think it's so funny that he even at, early on when they're talking about it, he says, yes, your eyes and tattoos glow. Like, that only happens it. for Earthbender, or not Earthbenders, Airbenders, though. They're mm-hmm. the only ones with tattoos, so, like, it's just the eyes for everyone else? Why does he not. know about the tattoos? <sighs> There's things about the Avatar state that I'm like, who knows all the rules? Who <laughs> There are there are a lot of rules that we're going to learn, and, like, how is that passed down? Yeah. Generally. I guess the way we see it, right? <laughs> that seems to be the most logical yeah, but- explanation for it. Oh, right. I, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe we got to wait on the rest of this conversation. Yeah. But um, yeah, Katara now sinks to just her head is sticking out of the ground and Aang falls to his knees weeping. He says, you don't have to do this. And Fong says, apparently I do. Fucking asshole. I don't think you really do, but you're going to do it anyway. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He clenches his hand and Katara yelps as she is completely absorbed under the stone floor of this base. Mm-hmm. She's gone. Dead. She's dead. Also, like, is there like a pocket that she's like in down there or she's like crushed between all the stone? Hard to say. Yeah, well, I think she's in a pocket, but there's just a Katara-sized hole down there. <laughs> He, he actually moves her while she's under the ground. This <laughs> is yeah, that's true. He's got her like sized up this entire time. It, I, this whole fight sequence is really kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, Aang dies at, dives after her, but it is too late. And before he even stands up, his tattoos glow brightly, and his angry face turns to look at Fong. Aang is in the Avatar state. Yeah, I was really hoping he'd fucking kill him, honestly. <laughs> I, If he had his way, it seems like that was a very real possibility. Yeah. I was like, fucking get this guy. You know what? Yeah, you reap what you sow and uh, you're fucking dead, my man. Um, Fong loves this. 
he has his own like it's alive moment, but then realizes that the monster he's created here he is now unleashing upon himself. Yep, he didn't he didn't think this plan through very well. Oh, great! Yeah, I got what I wanted. Ooh, but I am now going to pay for it. Uh oh. <laughs> Whoopsie! I guess the <laughs> yikes! I guess the yokes on me. He says. <laughs> Uh, Aang blasts him away. Um, meanwhile, Zuko leaps up to meet Azula and sprouts like his little fire daggers that he has sometimes. <laughs> Which is very cool. I actually forgot he... Did he ever have those? I think he's had them maybe once or twice okay. before. This is the first time that it really like clicked for me that like, those are little fire daggers. What the fuck? <laughs> he's got little fiery knives. Those must be so spicy. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's when he gets really angry. And he's holding them backwards like a cool anime character. Yeah, yeah. And then he takes out a gun and holds it sideways. (laughs) Fire gun. Yeah, that would be cool, too. It would be pretty cool if he... (laughs) He fashions an entire gun out of fire. fire And it shoots tiny fire bullets. Hold on, hold on, Brendan. This is really fucking cool. (laughs) Wait a minute. All right. We got to shut this off so we can, like, trademark that idea somehow. Because that's pretty fucking cool what we just If the fire gun shoots fire bullets, does it get smaller every time it shoots? Uh, well, I don't... I don't know, because theoretically... You know, Zuko is producing the fire from within, so yeah, can he just, like, pump more and more fire into it? Well, he would he run out of stamina. Breathing. But it comes from the... It seems, you know... He would run out of MP. It would have to recharge. Yeah, that's true. He's had to pick up a little blue vial if he wanted to keep shooting, <laughs> shooting fire bullets. Holy shit. Hold on. Yeah. A gun made of fire that shoots bullets that are fire? Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> Is it? It's <laughs> extremely cool. And if they don't do this on this show, why did we even make this podcast? <laughs> Guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. You know. So get ready for it. You know, Iroh's <laughs> got a few extra tricks up his sleeve. All right. I'm ready. One of them is a fiery gun. <laughs> bang, bang. Bang, bang. You're dead. I have a gun that I made from me. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, Iroh is just mowing down soldiers in droves and wants to get out of here. Uh, but Zuko has a score to settle and takes the fight to Azula. Meanwhile, she ridicules him like, you idiot, you complete fucking idiot. I got you so good, you fucking idiot. You fucking ponce. <laughs> Moron. I fucking... <laughs> Pwned you so hard. You got duped. (laughs) You're so stupid. I'm so smart. This is ridiculous. What are we even doing here? You fucking fool. Uh, She got him good. Um, She shrugs off his red fiery attacks and then gives a devilish smile and knocks him away with a bright blue flame. Mm Mm-hmm. What do we think about the blue flame, Brendan? I think it's hotter than the the orange flame. This is how actual fire works. Mm-hmm. So kind of cool that like, yeah, Zuko's really taking it to her, but she's like, okay, well, let me show you what I can do. And then literally does like a better thing. Yeah, I actually, 
uh, full disclosure, didn't realize she was doing lightning the first time we saw her practicing. Mm -hmm. So when I saw the blue fire, I was just like, cool, blue fire. And then it turned into lightning. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, no. Zuko, get get out of here, my man. Uh, yeah, she starts showing off. This is episode one with her, and we're like, oh, boy, this is going to be a problem, huh? Yeah, really, really setting the bar for this uh, villain. I was going to say season, but I have a feeling she'll be the villain for more than just the season. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But she, I feel like she's a bigger character than Zhao ever could have been. She's got those familial ties and already mm-hmm. they've set her up in like way more backstory and shit than like Zhao yeah. ever had. And this is episode one with her. So we've yeah. got such a long way to go. Feels like she's here to stay and they're really kicking it off with a bang. Uh, she's out here fucking shit up. Uh, Zuko stares at her as she winds up that big lightning attack that we saw her practicing earlier. And she's about to let it fly, but in rushes Iroh, who grabs her by the hand, absorbs her lightning attack, and then redirects it away from them all. Yeah. With finger guns. He makes little finger guns and he says pew pew as he shoots the lightning in a different direction. <laughs> Ka-chow. Like Laura Dern in the, the Star Wars movie. Yeah. Uh, Iroh's got this lightning shit figured out, by the way. Mm-hmm. We've now seen it multiple times. He knows what to do. So can he do it? Like, can he make lightning? I don't know. He's, I, I, you'd have to think possibly. Hmm. He just chooses not to. That's that's crossing a line. <laughs> that's illegal. All I do is you, you think I would use lightning? That's like if an earthbender or a waterbender used mud. <laughs> no, we don't we don't do this. It's not allowed. That's there's a bro code when it comes to bending and I'm not about to break the bro code. <laughs> and Zuko says you're a real bro and then they fist bump each other and then get the hell out of here. And they go bro. <laughs> they bro out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he does this and promptly kicks Azula straight into the ocean and they run away. Yeah, fucking get her. <laughs> so everyone's taking a swim. Um, Aang is full on raging in the Avatar state. He's formed a giant dusty tornado beneath him. <laughs> yeah, this guy fucked up. <laughs> He's it's so stupid, Fong. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen here? <laughs> what was your plan? Did you think for a second? Do you think he was going to defeat you and be like, okay, well, I'll remain in the Avatar state and just go straight to the Fire Lord. <laughs> Let's keep this party going. Um, Fong's like, hey, be cool, be cool, and pops Katara out of the ground as she's like struggling for air. Mm-hmm. Um, he is trying to celebrate this success, but Aang is not home right now. And he lowers the boom on Fong and all of his men and also like all the buildings in this base, including <laughs> like the infirmary that yeah, we saw that earlier. We saw, yeah. That's what I was thinking this this scene. I was like, oh, no, that's the infirmary. <laughs> so like the big thing was like, oh, shit, I really got to help because these guys are in rough shape. And then he just killed all of he, them. He just murders them. <laughs> Oh, you had a lot of medicine in this building, huh? Well, now it's destroyed. <laughs> you can blame your general for that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. He just makes a mess of this place. Uh, the Avatar state rages on, on, but Aang's spirit is pulled from his body and soars into the sky onto the back of Avatar Roku's spirit dragon. Yeah. <laughs> He's back, Brendan. This dragon is being piloted by this previous Avatar himself. Mm-hmm. We love to see him every time he's on the show. He's on the show a lot. <laughs> a, a lot more than you might think for a guy yeah. who's long dead. I was not expecting Roku to be such a staple on this show. But here he is again. Are we upset about it? I mean, I would like to see some other guys. There are hundreds of other avatars. He's got so many other yeah people on standby inside his body. But... To this point, this is all we're kind of getting to. We get like a glimpse with. of Kiyoshi. Is that it? Yep. We get a glimpse of Kiyoshi in this scene, but like, let's hear from her. What does she have to say? What is her yeah. lesson? I'm sure she has some insight, some wisdom to share. No, I know there's a lot of potential, but um, for now, Roku is like Aang's number one guide for all things Avatar, which, I mean, is fair because everyone who might be that kind of guide in, like, the actual mortal world is, like, long since dead. Mm -hmm. um, and he's so. the most recent Avatar before it. Right. Right? Yeah. Right. So, so maybe that's that's part of it. When you die as the Avatar, you, like, go to Avatar Heaven and they're like, all right, here's your duties now. You have to be the Force Ghost yeah. training the next generation. Like, ah, shit. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. I didn't even want this. <laughs> I never asked for this. I didn't sign any contract. Um, Roku turns to Aang and says, it's time you learned. <laughs> and then he says, Brendan. <gasps> it's time you learned, Brendan. There's some shit. That we have to go through here. Yeah, we gotta we gotta dump some lore on you. Oh, but you know I'm crazy for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roku flies Aang through the clouds where the past avatars are just kind of standing and watching. Like some kind of amphitheater. Like they're in tiered rows. Yeah. It's a little bit of a strange setup. Um, but he describes the avatar state as a defense mechanism mm -hmm. where Aang can channel the spirits of all the past avatars at once. Which yeah. leads me to wonder, is every avatar stronger than the last ones if they have the combined power of everyone before them? That is a good question. So like the, the second avatar ever, when they went into the avatar state, it was just like, he's as strong as two men. <laughs> um, It is kind of weird because like all the avatars have the same access to like the bending powers like they're all mm -hmm. able to bend all four elements so like when there's a thousand avatars that ang is calling on at once does he get like a thousand times strength earth bending at one time like well that's what it seems like yeah it it, it multiplies whenever he's in this avatar state it multiplies his abilities by the number of previous avatars or maybe does he only get to call on like one of them at a time uh i think they specifically say it's all of them 
combining their force. I think they do. Yeah, I think he does say that. That's true. Um, um, but so like I'm I now I'm sitting here watching this episode thinking like, wow, those first few avatars must have like fucking sucked. It must have been terrible. <laughs> like I bet they were they were they were still impressive for their like the people around them. But like sure. If you put the first Avatar up against Aang, the first Avatar's got no shot. Right. Just not it's a matter. <laughs> it's a matter of, yeah, perspective. You know, in their yeah. time, they were as strong compared to the other people around as Aang is now mm-hmm. in his time compared to all of these people. It's like, you know, they always say, hey, would like LeBron James have been a star in the league at the time of like... Michael Jordan back in the day and it's like no it was a different game back then mm-hmm. so you know it's like, you yeah because they weren't as good at it yeah they people <laughs> <laughs> have evolved the the there's there's so much more that we know now <laughs> they've about, figured it out about basketball and the avatar which honestly <laughs> there's very little difference between the two of them yeah that's what I've always said <laughs> um yeah, no, you're right, Brendan. Roku says to him, uh, the glow that we always see is the combination of all past avatars focusing their energy through the avatar's body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does seem like, okay, well, plus one avatar, now the next one is going to be even better. Like, let's yeah. just do that in perpetuity forever. The power creep is real on these guys. Yeah, it's insane. Um Think about like 10 avatars from now. They're going to have Aang in there. They're going to have Korra in there who you don't even know. <laughs> Shit's insane. Who is Korra? I, we don't have to worry about that right now. Um, We get a montage of past avatars triggering the avatar state. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, we do see Kiyoshi who we've only seen in like statue form we don't know much about this person we've we've heard about her and we've seen her statue and that's pretty much it no but here we get to see her she does kind of have like the least cool moment of this avatar (laughs) montage like on a beach or some shit and she does like a a stance and then it's over there's like two big stone statues that she sends flying towards the camera, but like <laughs> I feel like anyone could do that. Any yeah, avatar could do that. Even any earthbender could probably do that. It's, it's a little underwhelming, to be honest. Um, there's a water tribe avatar on a boat that summons just an absolutely massive wave beneath him. And capsizes his own boat. And sinks and dies, and then the next <laughs> avatar is born. <laughs> That would be really good. That would be pretty silly. A female airbender avatar summons a mighty wind that blows across like this gigantic sprawling valley. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of fun because it's like the previous airbender avatar, but also I think is the first female airbender that we've ever seen on this show. Oh, yeah. No, it's true. Well, Yeah. Probably. I, I can't think if there were any like little girls in the flashback scenes of uh, Aang's village. I don't think so. I'd be willing uh, to believe that there weren't. No, no, I don't believe there was. I believe this is the first one that we get uh, at the risk of messing up this person's name. I think it's Avatar Yang Chen. That's is- the airbender. 
is the airbender. No, I got to Google it to make sure I got it right. <laughs> so we don't get any emails about it. I don't want to sound like a fool. Brendan, I'm pretty sure. Yep, I was right. So nice. I'm feeling good about it. So don't email us at gotarecap at gmail.com. You can, but name. just about anything else, please. Yes. Uh, one more. We got a Fire Nation avatar, the previous one before Roku, who erupts lava from four fucking volcanoes at Fuck the yeah. same time. Fuck yeah. It's metal as hell. It's firebending awesome. so cool. <laughs> I want to know more about this guy. But actually, uh, are there any evil avatars? Because that mm. would be fucked up. The anti-avatar. Yeah. This is a that, good concept. That would be fucking messed up. Like if they got swayed in the wrong direction. Yeah. Or like, would that even be possible? Would the avatar spirits living within them take over? Be like, you, we're not going to allow you. We're to. not allowing this. Off the cliff we go. <laughs> On to the next one. Uh, I, I don't know. Never mind. I'm not going to say anything. We don't learn about this in Avatar The Last Airbender. So, like, I'm not risking too much spoiling things for you here. But, like, there is a specific canonical reason why, like, the Avatar is the force for good in this world mm -hmm. that we do learn about in later iterations. Do they talk about it in the first Avatar? They do, which I know okay. is a thing you've seen, yeah. um, but it is kind of explained there that like, yeah, the Avatar is fighting for like good and is something that we've talked before, like the sense of balance in this world. Right. Like yeah. balance between the elements, balance between like man and spirits, like the Avatar is like that, that kind of bridge that holds, it's like the glue that holds the entire world together. Yeah, I could see them still being able to write a villainous avatar with that That'd constraint. Fucking, it would be really cool, though, Brendan. They could, absolutely I think right. they could very easily be like, well, the only way to keep balance is to kill everyone. <laughs> is to have a bad one. If you've got a good one, you've got to have a bad one. Yeah. I know. That actually would be very badass, and I would love to see it. Mm -hmm. Just like Damn they shame. Made, they made like a evil R2-D2 in like the comic books. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> R2-D2 is the avatar. Mm -hmm. Confirmed. Of the Star Wars universe. That's Disney canon. <laughs> we don't have time for this. <laughs> In the avatar state, you are at your most powerful. But you are also at your most vulnerable. What do you mean? If you are killed in the avatar state, the reincarnation cycle will be broken. And the Avatar will cease to exist. Um, how do they know that? Who told them this? Yes, some, that, that information had to have come from somewhere. It's clearly not happened. <laughs> no, I mean, you can't, you can't have it happen once and be like, oh, you won't get me again. Yeah. Uh, again, maybe that was, maybe they say that in the first Avatar, but. I can't remember. I don't, I, yeah. I'll, I remember vague bits and pieces about that sure um yeah how how do they how do they know this who who made that rule it's just superstition they all just believe it like oh god yeah please please don't die we can't have this like well where'd you come up with that idea this cockamamie scheme <laughs> if you die in the dream you die in real life brandon i mean honestly there's i i have here for you there's only one joke to make here and 
you had to have it locked and loaded, and you just sprung it on me. Oh, yeah. If you die in the Avatar state, you die in real life. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's the only, it's it's really the only logical next step to take. Um, and we do watch a long line of avatars standing next to Aang in this space that blink out until he is the only one left. Mm-hmm. Kind of an ominous scene. So yeah, we have a little bit of an explanation of as to what the avatar state is and also like some of the rules of it. It's a little bit more complicated then just like glow it up and become a big fish. <laughs> there's more to it than that, Brendan. It's, yeah, it's there, there's some nuance. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, but it could just be big fish time. <laughs> just be uh make a tornado of some element beneath you and then fuck, yeah. fuck up whoever's fighting you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Friend or foe. Um yeah, Roku gives Aang that wisdom, and then his dragon delivers Aang's spirit back to his body, which fades from the Avatar state, and he has completely trashed this Earth Kingdom base. Uh, Katara catches him in her arms, and he says that he hopes he never does this again, but Fong comes in. He's still fine, and he's like, I hope you do this every day. That shit ruled. <laughs> yeah. One more time, Avatar. That was awesome. <laughs> Encore, I say. Um, Fong starts rambling about like what comes next, but Sokka comes in and bonks him on the head, knocking him out cold. And he looks at the other Earthbenders. He's like, "Yeah," and they're all like, "Yeah." Yep, they're all they all agree that guy went a little off the rails there. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Let's get out of here. You're right. <laughs> Uh, and off they all fly on Appa towards Omashu. Um, but that is not the end of this episode, Brendan. Nope. Back at the luxury spa, Azula <laughs> holds up a wanted poster with Zuko and Iroh's faces on it. And Iroh's two handsome masseuses cower in fear as she says, there will be no place left to hide. Yeah. Those two have a little knowledge, I think, on Iroh's next moves. Because he oh. would have told them everything. You know, they That's were true. really digging into him and made him just a total open book. <laughs> tell you anything you want to know. Here, take my wallet. Take everything. <laughs> He's a bit of an oversharer. Yeah. Well, they uh, know the right buttons to push, literally. Mm-hmm. Um. Zuko and Iroh run as fast as they can away from this along a riverbank. And there's a shot of them running towards the camera from from a very long distance. And I've always thought that their run animations in this shot are very funny and exaggerated. I agree. Yep. I was going to mention it if you didn't. They're, the runs are fucking weird. Because they're not like moving mm-hmm. at all in this space. They're very, very far away just like wildly flailing their arms and legs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I thought the same thing. I was immediately caught my attention. Like what the fuck is going on right oh, there? This doesn't seem, this seems wrong. <laughs> They're better than this. We've seen it, <laughs> but it is very funny. Um, they stop to catch their breath and kneel next to the river. And that familiar 
Sungi horn melody starts to play as Zuko draws a dagger and Iroh lowers his head. It's a very ornate knife, and I thought we were going to have another necklace situation. <laughs> this is my famous like, this knife. This is my favorite knife. My, my father gave me this knife. <laughs> I, I would hate to lose it and then <laughs> <Oops. have> <laughs> drops it in the river. Uh, and no, we're not going to have that kind of issue here. But Zuko does take this knife, and it's a very dramatic moment. And he <laughs> plunges the knife into his gut, and pulls it out, and hands it to Iroh and says, It's your turn, uncle. <laughs> Kill themselves. It does have that level of weight. It does, scene. yeah. <laughs> now, he examines the knife and holds it up to his signature ponytail that we just do not spend enough time talking about on this show. No, I can't wait to talk about it more. There's more to be said. In the future. But this is the end of its time with us right now. He takes that knife and cuts that bad boy right off. Mm-hmm. Oof. It stings. I'm not sure of the meaning of this gesture. Uh, I'm thinking it's like a a lost in battle kind of thing, mm-hmm. but they didn't lose. Sure. They did. They did run away, but they, they kind of dispatched everyone beforehand. So then my next thought is it's like, uh, they're cutting ties to the fire nation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's not confirmed in this episode at least. Um, you are right in that. Like I kind of looked this up a little bit. Um, to see what people had to say. And it is mostly meant to represent because I, he hands the knife to Iroh who does the same thing with his little stubby top knot that like mm-hmm. you hardly ever remember is even on the top of his head. Yeah. Um, but this is meant to represent them like cutting their ties with the fire nation and also like cutting their connections to like the lives that they lived up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I like that symbolism better than like the lost in battle thing because that just doesn't fit. But like every other time I've seen this in a show, no. that's the idea. No, yeah, this makes a lot more sense for mm. where they have now gone. Um, even in just like the last couple of episodes, like they've strayed so far from the path of like the Fire Nation, um, and this is meant to say like, yeah, like this is. We are no longer a part of this, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I do think it's funnier to read this as them, like, trying to hide their identities by, like, cutting their hair off. <laughs> yeah. No one will recognize us now. Yeah, Zuko's defining feature was his ponytail, not the gigantic burn that's on his face. <laughs> Somebody holds up the wanted poster and like looks between them. He's like, nope, no ponytail. No, that can't be him. They hold up the one to Iroh, and the literal only difference is the tiny little stubby <laughs> knot that was on the top of his head. No, no, this is not the same guy. No, different guy, different guy. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> You're free to go, sirs. <laughs> Uh, no, their lives are forever changed, and our perception of this show is forever changed as episode 21 comes to an end. Hell yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Brendan, uh, the Avatar State. Oof, a beefy episode. We've been recording 
for much longer than I think we expected to. But yeah, there's a lot that goes on here. Yeah, it's a very <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, it's a very loaded episode. There's a a lot of plot threads uh, reintroducing characters for the new season. Uh, introducing, I'll say, brand new characters. We've seen her already, but she's sure. essentially a brand new character to the show. And then just kind of like setting the stakes for all the characters currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it. I think it was a really good episode. I think it might be one of the best episodes so far. For me, one of the best episodes and even without doing like any of the big kind of epic moments that we've had mm-hmm. in some of the other episodes that we consider to be like among the best. Yeah. It like sets up new storylines and provides even like more context for things that we already knew about um, yeah. and is like a cool, what I kind of like about this episode, because we've always had on this show so far, like we've always had, well, we've got Aang and Aang's mission. Mm-hmm. And then we've got like Zuko and Iroh and kind of them chasing Aang along his mission. Like everything they were doing was in relation to like trying to catch up to him. Yeah. Yep. And now this is almost like a split. It's like, okay, well, Aang is going to continue on that, but now we've got Zuko and Iroh like kind of figuring out their own thing. They've got their own fish to fry now um, and like bigger um, concerns, like completely separate and independent and like their storyline, at least to me, is like now more, not maybe not more, but like as interesting in like a completely different way than Aang's storyline is like we can have, it's not even like an A and B plot. It's like two concurrent plots that almost like feel like they have almost equal weight to me and completely different ways. I actually almost made a joke about how Zuko's plot in this episode was the A plot for the episode. Yeah, no, it, um, it almost it's I mean, undeniably, I think in this episode, like the events that happen with them are probably more important than what happens yeah, with Aang. More impactful to the overall narrative of the show. Um, and But I hadn't considered uh, what you said, where like this might be a split from his goal to capture Aang. Um, but I think that that makes a lot of sense that this could be like a turning point for him. Uh, so I'm now I'm wondering, like, OK, but then. If that is the case, what are they going to do uh, until book three? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I'm interested to see what they like, what they get up to now, and like what what they set as goals for themselves uh, as like fugitives from the Fire Nation. And we even know based on like from what Zuko said at the top of this episode that that is still very much like top of mind for him is Mm -hmm. capturing the avatar and doing all like the Zuko honor stuff that he has talked about for this entire television show. But like, maybe that has to change. Like, I mean, certainly it has to change because he spent most of this entire show being in some position of power, even if it was like an embarrassing, like lowly position kind of Mm -hmm. banished from his former title and stuff like that, but still like some kind of, resources and official stance where like this is what Zuko is doing out here and is 
sponsored by like the Fire Nation government to do it. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, well, he has now had to completely cast that aside. So like, how does he still get what he wants, but with like a very new reality for Mm -hmm. what like he's facing? It, It does make things interesting and lead to, yeah, perhaps lead to some paths where Zuko can make some choices. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A very strong start to the season, I would say. I would completely agree. <clears throat> very excited to see what they do with it. Um uh, also very excited to see Boomy. Oh, man, I know. I know we're uh, <laughs> dying to see the guy. Um. And I, you know, I, I you know, better left unsaid here, Brendan. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, there was also a scene earlier where um, they were pinpointed on the map. We knew exactly where Ang was at a moment in time, which we rarely get, which is very rare. I think we've had conversations about like, how do we if we were to try to map where he is at any given point? Uh, we got a very definitive, you are here <laughs> scene. <laughs> yeah. A big red X on yeah. a map. <laughs> yep. Or just like a little photo of Aang's head, like smiling at us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of fun. We appreciate it. We need a little context because most of the time we're just like, well, he's on another wacky adventure and God knows where. It does. It does raise questions about how long it takes to travel on this planet, though. Uh, because they are right at the midpoint of the map, like right in the, the goddamn middle. Um, and it, they came from the very north, the very, very top. Uh, so how long were they traveling? How much time did we lose on that boat? Sailing on a ship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and why did it take them so long to get to the north? If it wasn't a, a, like a long time to get back down here. Where were Iroh and Zuko? Like, where? what fucking luxury spa were they at where they weren't immediately, like, turned into the local authorities? Like, what yeah. location is this? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't know where they are. That they're, They could be anywhere right now. Uh, yeah. We know that they got there by clinging to driftwood. <laughs> For uh, weeks, it is sounds it, like. Yeah, is at least the story that Iroh's telling. Yeah. But all of his troubles melt away at the hands of those <laughs> handsome, handsome gentlemen. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, finally, I know where they are. I know. Will it last? Eh. Probably <laughs> not. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, locations are a little uh, <laughs> nebulous on this show. But okay. That is episode 21, The Avatar State. A pretty good, a damn good way to start off season yeah, two. Yeah, yep. Very strong opener. We're very happy about it. We hope that you are all very happy to uh, take this journey through season two with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to let us know your thoughts on this episode, uh, anything Avatar related, uh, gotarecap at gmail.com is the email address you can reach us at. Uh, Send us your thoughts, your questions, uh, anything you have, and we will be thrilled to read that on the show. Yes. Head to at Gotta Recap on social media. You can also reach out to us there. We would love to see you. Uh, you can also head to uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and drop us five-star reviews of the show. That would be very helpful. And hey, 
I've, you know, just checked it in recent weeks and we've gotten a few positive reviews coming through in some of those channels. And so we do appreciate people are taking the time to do it. Hell yeah. Thank you. That's very awesome. And we are very appreciative of it. Unless you haven't done it yet, then like, I mean, come on now. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Get out there and just do the damn thing. I formally invite you (laughs) if you were waiting for that invitation. We uh, we request we've we've requested it and it must be fulfilled. Yes, Brendan, uh, the Avatar State, huh? Yeah, you can call on all your past lives whenever you need, huh? <laughs> yeah, and we'll call on all of our past. <laughs> listeners to be future listeners of episode 22 when it comes out next week (laughs) is that fair fair to say yeah (laughs) thank you future listeners in advance uh, for joining us then we'll see you all next week thank you so much for listening goodbye bye bye